How do you find balance between medical school and your wellness and life outside of school? What's it like having your third-year clerkship rotation cut short because of COVID-19? How does a career in business and football prepare one for a career in medicine? Today on Talking Missions and Med Student Life, I interview Bridger, a third-year medical student about to start his fourth year here at the University of Utah School of Medicine. Helping you prepare for one of the most rewarding careers in the world. This is Talking Admissions and Med Student Life with your host, the Dean of Admissions at the University of Utah School of Medicine, Dr. Benjamin Chan. Well, welcome to another edition of Talking Admissions and Med Student Life. Uh, this is our first Zoom interview because uh, we're going through some uh, COVID pandemic. And on the other line, I've got Bridger. How you doing, Bridger? I'm good, man. Thanks for having me on here. It's going to be fun. Yeah. Well, and what, uh, what what year are you um, in med school right now? I'm a third year. Well, I guess I'm a third year until tomorrow when okay. I pass my OBGYN shelf. And then I guess I'll technically be in between third and fourth year. And I, I just to get into it a little bit, like um, what rotation were you on and, and how and how were you notified that you were you were pulled off for safety reasons? Like how how'd that go from your perspective, uh, from a med student perspective? So I was on OBGYN and uh as you know, that's a really hands-on specialty. Um and so I did my first week on obstetrics. Um it was a lot of fun. We got to, you know, see a lot of deliveries and stuff. And then I was on nights. Um, when the things started changing, but because I was on nights, like it was, uh, it was a little bit different. Mm-hmm. Um, I was the only med student and, uh, it was a little bit more um, flexible, maybe a good word. Um, because they actually like had me still on the procedures and stuff. And so I was still able to participate during my, my week on nights and then I had my weekend call shift that Saturday. And, uh, so again, I was the only med student, so I was still able to like participate in the surgeries and the deliveries and stuff. And then Sunday is when we got the email that said that we got pulled from, uh, clinical duties. And so, uh, I only got two of the six weeks on obstetrics, um, this year. Uh, we did two weeks online after that. And then next year we'll have two more weeks that we kind of plug into our schedule whenever we can figure it out. Were you surprised or could you kind of see it coming kind of based on the chatter with the docs in the hospital or, or were, you, were you completely blindsided by it? Well, I, I wouldn't say I was completely blindsided by it. I think it was, um, I think it was kind of tough. Like I said, being on OB with it being such a, a hands-on specialty uh, the original talks were, well, you guys can go, you can be in the hospital. You just can't see patients and you can't like, you know, have PPE. So you can't like be in contact with the patients, but you can still like do everything else. And I'm like, well, what is everything else? Like <laughs> this is OBGYN, right? If I'm going to show up at four in the morning to write a couple notes and then sit around till 5 PM, not being able to talk to patients cause I can't wear masks or, you know, deliver babies because I can't wear a gown and gloves. Like this is going to be a little bit, uh, different OBGYN experience than, than I was planning on. So that was kind of my initial thoughts as I was like, if, if I'm not going to be able to like do OBGYN and it's kind of just like trying to figure out how to keep the clock rolling on us, I'd rather just do the time later where I can actually see patients and, and learn the things that you learn on OB by kind of doing it. Mm-hmm. And I know from an administrative perspective, there was a lot of uh, late night phone calls and emails and a lot of reaching out to, it's not just the University of Utah hospital, but like, uh, like the partner hospitals, like IHCVA and, you know, everyone kind of has a different structure in place. And it, it, it was, it was stressful. It's still very stressful, but it was, I just oh, remember yeah. that week very clearly. Like there was a lot of things that started moving very, very quickly. Um, yeah, totally. I can imagine. I mean, I think it's, I think it's hard for the the students to realize like this is not something that you guys have ever been through before on the admin side of things, you know, we're like, <laughs> I think we all are so excited to be in the hospital and finally, you know, learning with patients and, and, you know, learning the hands-on side of things after being, you know, stuck in the classroom for the last couple of years, pretty heavy. And so I think it was kind of hard for a lot of us to swallow going back to laptop med school, mm-hmm. you know, online learning. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's just like you said, kind of unprecedented times trying to figure it out as we go. Yeah. And I still think we're still trying to figure out both on a, I think international national level, as well as a local level about how do we move forward? And I think there's some yeah. good ideas being put out, but like there's the details are still kind of fuzzy because like the, the virus is still, still among us. So it's, it's, yep. it's really hard. It's really difficult. So yeah. we'll, we'll come back and talk about that a little bit near the end, but I want to focus on really positive things. So Bridger, let's, let's, let's go, let's go back to the beginning, man. Like when, when did you first have the idea that you wanted to go to med school? Uh, walk us through that process. Was it, was it a moment kind of like epiphany or is it a series of moments? Like what, what, what was your journey like at the very beginning? Where'd that come from? Um, for me, um, the earliest memory that I can think of, like period, not just medicine related, like my earliest memory is I was probably three, maybe four. Um, And we were at my house and my little brother and I were playing around. He's two years younger than me. And he was walking around, running around. And he um, went up to my mom as my mom was like cleaning a glass frame. Mm -hmm. And like the the glass slipped out of the frame and like hit his back and gave him like a little, I mean, I don't know. I'd probably say it was a couple inches, little gash on his back. And so he started bleeding and I lost it. I was like, what is going on? So we get in the car, we drive down the street to the uh, Alta view emergency room. And I remember like the nurses and like people coming up to like check him out. And I was like, so protective. And I was so worried about like, what was going on to my little brother? Like, would he be okay? And, uh, the doc walked in and he looked at me and he gave me, he gave me a pair of gloves and he gave me a mask and he's like, I'll let you sit here and I'll let you watch and I'll let you help, but you've got to calm down. So like, (laughs) he like caught me off guard. So he like gave me a mask. I'm sitting there wearing, you know, gloves and I'm just sitting there watching as he, uh, stitches up my little brother's back. And I just remember at that moment, looking at that guy, like he was a superhero. Like I looked at that guy, like he just saved my little brother. This guy is like, he just like took control of the situation, calmed me down, which nobody could do. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I think that's when I was first like really impressed by the medical field. And I, I think that's where my original desire to want to go to med school came from. Um, and so that was kind of my plan growing up. It was always, um, you know, go play football, uh, go to med school and, uh, become a doctor. And then when I was playing football, I, uh, I was that guy that didn't really have to study in high school, like ever. Where'd you go to high school, um, Bridger? Cause I assume you were a football, uh, star at your high school. So, uh, I was all right. I went, to, I went to Jordan. Jordan. Okay. And what position um, did you play? So at Jordan, I kind of played everything. Uh, I played receiver on offense. And then punter? Were you a punter too? I did punt. Yeah, uh, actually. Yeah. <laughs> I you it. were trying to make a joke, but yeah, I actually was. <laughs> um, so I, I, I punted, I returned. Uh, and then on defense, they kind of played me wherever, uh, depending on the team we were playing. So I'd either line up at safety or linebacker. Uh, I had to play D end a couple of games um, when we played, who was that? I don't know. Played somebody that had a, a really good tight end. So I had to play D end, which sucked at 180 pounds. But um, so in high school, I kind of just played wherever. And then uh, when I got to play in college, I played uh, safety. So um, we're, I, I, again, we don't have too many people who matriculate to med school who played college football. So I, I have to ask, like, we're like, were you recruited? Did you walk on? Like, what was that experience like? And were you pretty open that you said, Hey, I'm, I want to go to med school after this, or did you kind of keep that hidden or how, how was that process? Yeah. So my recruiting process was kind of a mess. Um, I had some offers, uh, to some smaller schools. Um, Brown was, uh, one of the, like the bigger schools, obviously being Ivy league. Um, but the way that they're, scholarship process worked. Um, I think my GPA was like a 3.89 and my, I couldn't even tell you my ACT number, but 
all I can tell you is the combined total of my ACT and my GPA didn't get me a full ride scholarship. Like I, I didn't qualify for a full ride scholarship to an Ivy league school. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was thinking about just going out to Brown and just paying for that first year until I could just kind of like roll my academic, uh, qualifications from my first year of playing to, um, I guess, qualify me for the scholarship or whatever. And then, um, I, I went and talked to the U and it just felt like a really good fit. Um, I did tell them that I wanted to go to med school and they were like, yeah, that's great. I mean, it's, it's kind of a different story than they're used to hearing from a lot of the recruits. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was the original plan. But going back to where I was saying, I, I didn't really study in high school is I just didn't have the study habits when I got up to college. Mm-hmm. So I was taking pre-med classes and I was spending way more time um, focusing on football than I was academics. And I figured that's kind of how I'd always been and I'd figure it out and it wouldn't be that big of a deal. And I, uh, I got a C in my <laughs> first, oh, pre-med, no. my first pre-med biology class. I call I that jokingly a gentleman C, right? <laughs> yeah, there you go. Exactly. Yeah, no. So I got smoked in my uh, my first undergrad biology class and uh, quickly realized that I didn't have the study skills at that time to manage football and uh, and pre-med. So I, I kept playing football. I switched my degree to business, uh, played for a few more years, and then I actually got a concussion and uh, decided that I wanted to use my head for something other than smashing into people. So mm-hmm. I, I stopped playing football and kind of did the business thing for a while. Was it hard to walk away? Oh yeah. Yeah, definitely. It was, uh, it was weird going to school, not playing football. Like I, I hadn't done that since I was in like second grade, mm-hmm. third grade. Um, it was always kind of just like, that's what you did. You know, you woke up early, you worked out before school, you went to school, you went to practice and that's just kind of the routine. And so when I took that football piece away, um, I didn't really like school anymore. I've always kind of looked at school. Like if it's, if it's getting you to a profession that requires school and requires a degree, then it's awesome. But if you're, if you're going to school for, you know, something that you could, you could learn elsewhere and you could do kind of a, a more hands-on approach. That's always kind of been the way that I did it. And so, uh, I went and I started a couple businesses and, uh, did that side of things. And it was, it was two weeks, uh, before I got married, actually. Um, we had a house and, you know, brand new truck and like, we were just kind of living it up for being some young kids. I was doing pretty good. What were your businesses, Bridger? Um, so I had a, a window cleaning business that I started with a couple of buddies and sold um, after, oh, after about a year and a half, we sold that. And then I had a, a sales company. It was, it was basically what I did is I, I managed uh, sales teams and managed mm-hmm. and trained sales teams. And that kind of helped on the corporate side of things uh, like managing the, basically like as kind of like a liaison between the, the operations and the sales side of things. Um, so I did that for a little while. And then my, I had a, uh, a contract that I was ready to sign a couple of weeks before I got married, uh, with a really nice salary, awesome benefits. And, uh, like everything just kind of like made sense on paper, but I just didn't feel good about it. It was kind of weird. I, uh, I like, I knew that like, once I kind of made that call, like there was like, that's what I was going to be doing, you know? Mm-hmm. And, uh, so I, I drove over to the house. My wife was living in the house at the time. Um, and I, or my fiance, I guess at that time. And I was like, Hey, I, uh, I don't, I don't know about this. She's like, well, you know, what do you think? Kind of what's going on with, you know, the numbers. I'm like, the numbers are great. Like everything everything looks like it makes sense. Um, she's like, oh, well figure it out and let me know. So I kind of took, 
took a few hours. I hiked up into the mountains and I kind of just got quiet. And I was just kind of thinking about, you know, like what, what do I really want to do? Like, what are my motivations? And it was at that time that I was like, man, I think I need to go back to school and be a doctor. And I was like, gosh, that's going to be brutal. Like I'm just about to get married. Like I don't want to go to school for the next, you know, 10 years or whatever it's going to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, you know, came home and I told her, I said, Hey, I think I need to go to med school. And she's like, cool. She's like, whatever I've got to do to support you, you know, let me know. She's like, if, if that's what you feel like you need to do, let's do it. So we got rid of the house. We sold the truck. We moved into a basement apartment. We, uh, <laughs> downsized big time, you know? Mm-hmm. And, uh, right after we got married, I went out and worked for the summer to try and make as much money as I could to, uh, kind of fund this journey. And, uh, here we are seven years later. Bridger, did you already have your degree by then? Or, uh, did you have to, I, or you graduated, so you had to go back to school and do some post-bac, like exactly, yeah. or what, 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 what did that kind of look like for you? Exactly. Yeah. So, so basically I went back and I had straight pre-med classes to go. So I was taking pretty much like biology, chemistry, physics every semester. Uh, so I had to start from the very beginning. And so it was basically just because of the, uh, you know, the two year, four semester, I guess it's five semesters, uh, chemistry track. That's what it was. So it was two and a half years of pre-med, um, knocking out all of those prerequisites and then just working when I could and, uh, studying for the MCAT. Did you feel when you went back to school, uh, you mentioned earlier, like the studying skills, was it better or different as I'm going to use the term as kind of as a more of a non-traditional student? Cause it sounds like things are, were different in your life. You didn't have football, you're married. Um, you kind of had more focus, I would guess. I mean, did you notice that when you took, started taking these classes that you're a little bit older than the other students? And uh, do, you, do you understand what I'm saying, Bridger? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I understand the question. Um, for me, I've, I've, uh, I've always been able to learn really well. Mm-hmm. I've always like really enjoyed learning uh, and studying on my own. Um, I just never had to do it for academics before. Um, like I, I love reading. I love learning. I love, I love like that mental game almost of just like how much information can I gather? Um, but I'd never had to do it before in like a structured setting of, you know, this is, you know, the chapter you got to read. These are the questions you got to do. So like, as far as, um, my approach coming back, I just kind of told myself that this was like, this was what I wanted to do now. And I wasn't studying because I had to, I was studying because I wanted to. And I think that was the shift for me Mm. is being able to take my natural inclination to want to learn and want to like work intellectually. And just knowing that, this was, this wasn't something that I just had to like pass the class or whatever, like it, like academics kind of was before for me It's just, you just do good just to do good. But for me, it was like, I, this is going to get me where I want to go. Um, and so I think just the perspective shift on doing it because I wanted to, and I was interested in it and because it was going to help me get into med school rather than doing it to just pass a class is, is really the biggest difference that made kind of the change for me. So Bridger, like you've, you know, you wrap up your studies, you're, you, you take and pass them cat. What was your, uh, what was your reasoning? Like, like how many schools did you apply to? What was your kind of your thought process? Like, like what was your kind of strategy, I guess, when you started applying to med schools, what, what, what did you look for? And yeah, how, how you kind of work through that? So I, I've kind of done this a little bit, uh, non-traditionally, I'd probably say, um, what I did is I, I kind of went for the numbers. Like that's just where my mind goes. So I was, I I, like, I had a couple med schools that people had like mentioned, you know, people that I knew went to this med school or that med school. Um, So I knew a couple of those. And then I just read like a lot of the online forums. And then what I did um, is I, I like went on every med school that I was looking at website and I figured out how many students that they took from in-state if it was an out-of-state school i figured out how many they took from in-state and then i took the 
number of males and females as far as like their percentages went per class. And I kind of averaged that out. And then I looked through like their class directories almost. And I was like, okay, how many students have they taken from, you know, Utah before, or, you know, what percentage of students are coming from like their, their surrounding States. And so I like went super heavy on the numbers and I only applied to, I think 13 or 14 schools. Okay. So decent. Um, It's good number. Not cheap. Yeah. 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 Gosh, man, that was another shock. I'm like, holy moly. It's expensive. Yeah. It's like, it's like Amazon. The more boxes you click, the more your little, little yeah. checkout cart grows. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Holy moly. Yeah. Um, so I, I kind of just went pretty heavy on the numbers and I looked at, you know, schools that were going to be, you know, uh, historically favorable to a, a white guy from Utah, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I kind of just, sent them out. I got quite a few interview invites, but lucky for me, I, uh, I interviewed at George Washington was my first school. Mm -hmm. And then the week later I interviewed at the U and that was like right before Christmas break. And so everything kind of quiets down over the holidays. And then I came back, I think it was, uh, early June or no early January, sorry, Mm -hmm. where I, where I got the, uh, the phone call from you. I was actually pulling into work when you called me. I remember that. Yeah. You were, you were driving. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, I'm not, I don't recommend med- anyone driving and like answering their phone, but I noticed a lot of people tend to do it when I call. So yeah. Yeah. I think I'm probably, yeah. yeah. I think I'm probably the only med student that, uh, as soon as I said it, I was like, I can't believe you just said that, but it was funny. You, you're like, Hey Bridger, this is Dr. Chen. Do you have a minute? And, uh, I vividly remember my response was, Hell yeah, Dr. Chan. What's up? <laughs> That's great. And uh, I was like, you just said that. All right, good. Well, let's see if they still want you in after that one. Going back to your interview day, Bridger, I'm curious, like, you know, you've played in a lot of big games. Is it kind of the same anxiety right before the big game? I mean, did you feel kind of like that competitive sense and were you able to kind of quiet your nerves or was it a completely different sensation before a big interview day. I'm talking like performance kind of like, okay, yeah. you're on the big stage and you know, I'm just curious what, what, what your thought is. Cause you've, you've, you've played in a lot of really important games and, and I would argue an interview day is also a very important like game day. Oh, yeah. So I'm curious what, what your strategy was and how, and what your, what your thoughts about that. Um, for me, my interview day, I honestly thought you guys were like pranking me. Um, <laughs> so so I'm in the the room and I thought you guys were just like, well, it's, you know, because of like the athletic background or, or whatever. I thought you guys were like, oh, well, let's, let's kind of just see where his head's at. So out of my interview group, uh, everybody else gets called out of the room and I'm sitting in the, the old, I guess it's now uh, academic success, but before it was academic success, I was sitting in that office and everybody else had got called out to their interview. And so I'm sitting there and I still haven't been called out. And they're like, Oh, your, your person's just running a little bit late. And I was like, okay. So I'm sitting there by myself. And then, uh, I get pulled back into, they were doing construction back there and I get pulled into this room and there's a guy with like an impact rattle gun, like on the other side of like a piece of sheetrock. Mm-hmm. And so it literally is me and this lady who showed up 15 minutes late for a 20 minute interview sitting in this teeny tiny room that's kind of like a makeshift office while they're doing construction. And it sounds like I'm in a mechanic shop. So we're basically yelling at each other. (laughs) And I'm like, this is kind of funny. Like I I literally thought you guys were just messing with me. I thought you guys were like watching how I'd handle like the stress. And I'm just like, this is kind of crazy. And so we have like our super quick interview and she's like, okay, well, sorry, you know, I showed up late, but you know, looks like you'll do a good job. So I had no idea where I stood there. Uh-huh. And then I went into my next interview and, uh, this I, is before I remember MMI, I think, yeah, you were getting traditional interview style back then. Yeah. Well, I had, I had two traditional interviews and then I had the MMIs after. Okay. Okay. So we I was in like that hybrid year. Oh, okay. That's right. And so my second interview, uh, I go in there and I, I remember who it is, but I won't call him out. He was like, I do this a little bit different. He's like, I've been doing this for a while. He's like, so 
uh, I've already looked over your application. I just have two questions. So he asked me the two questions and like five minutes into the 20 minute interview, he's like, okay, we're done here. And I was like, oh my gosh, I blew it. Like five <laughs> minutes and we're done here. I get we're done here. As the missions oh. dean, this stuff makes me cringe. I'm sorry, Bridger. <laughs> no, it's okay. <laughs> so I get back and I'm like, I'm back in, in the little waiting room with uh, the, the lady that's running the day. Uh-huh. And she's like, you just want to hang out with me today. I was like, I guess that's the, that's the plan. Cause I sat in there for 15 minutes with her the first time and 15 minutes on the second one. Um, and so for me, honestly, I think the whole situation was just kind of so like bizarre to me that I, I don't know if I, I don't know if, if I was nervous or if I was more just kind of like intrigued by the whole, by the whole day. Um, but I mean, I guess to maybe that didn't answer your question. I, I guess for me, the the big day is never the time to prepare. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like game day when the lights are on. Like that's if you're trying to prepare at that time, you're you shouldn't be there. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I I kind of looked at the interview days, and you know the the second look day and like th- that kind of stuff. I look at that as kind of like fun right? Like the, the games are when it's fun, mm-hmm. all, all the practice and all the early mornings and the late nights and all the work that you put in beforehand is kind of where I feel like it makes sense to stress. Um, I feel like when it's, when it's game time, that's when it's time to have fun. That's when it's time to just kind of let go and, and prove that you deserve to be there, you know, rather it. than, than mm-hmm. worrying about mm-hmm. all the other stuff. That's great. Um, so Bridger, like, uh, you decide to stay here, come to our mm-hmm. school. And how was that jump from, you know, more or less pre-med recs, um, undergrad classes to med school itself? What, was that a smooth transition? Uh, did you have to learn new study skills? What, what was like oh, the yeah. first couple years like? Um, I remember that first foundations quiz that we had and, uh, I remember I got like a decent score on it and I was like, Oh, cool. Like I'm, I, d- I deserve to be here. You yeah. know what I mean? And then I saw the average and I was like, Oh my gosh, like these kids are geniuses. Like I was like, what in the heck? Maybe I don't deserve to be here. You know what I mean? Like I thought I did pretty well. And then I saw that I'm on the backside of that curve and I was like, Holy moly. Like I worked like crazy for this. And I, I didn't even, hit the little top of the curve. I was like, wow, these guys are, this is like next level. Like this is, this is as big of a jump as it was going from, you know, high school football to college football. Like it's the, everything is just a, a completely different level and a completely different speed. Mm -hmm. And did you have to redo how you studied? I mean, I mean, how many hours a week were you putting in and, and like, like changes you had to do to your routine or how'd you kind of tackle that? Oh, so I, I totally changed my routine. Um, I I would not recommend this route for anybody. And I've said that, you know, in some of the talks and stuff that I've given to, uh, you know, the other classes. Um, but I, I, my personality is really pretty all or nothing. Um, I kind of struggle with balance big time. Um, and so I after that first quiz and like, I worked pretty hard. Like I, I studied quite a bit and that, I did, like I said, I thought I did well. Um, but to see where I was at compared to everybody else, I was just like, Hey, like this is going to require like another level. And so what I did, like I said, I wouldn't recommend this, but I kind of just buried myself in school. Um, I was, I was at the library, like as they'd open it every day. Um, mm-hmm. I was like the first one there and then I would study all day. I wouldn't really eat. Like I had like those uncrustable, horrible little peanut butter and jelly sandwiches that I'd buy by the box at Costco. And I'd throw a couple of those in my backpack and I would just sit and study like all day. Um, I wasn't exercising anymore. I wasn't sleeping near enough. Um, I kind of just like lost myself in the studying side of things. And I just worked like crazy and yeah, my scores went up a little bit, but honestly, like the, the bang for the buck that I was, you know, getting, um, from everything that I was putting in, Mm -hmm. uh, it just wasn't, 
it wasn't uh, worth, you know, kind of everything that I was given up on like the personal and like uh, health side of things. Yeah. And um, then, like, did you feel like you said balance? I mean, did you feel that, you know, as far as like exercise and wellness and your relationship with your wife and your family, did, did that, did that go through a rough patch during that time? Or I mean, what are your thoughts? Yeah, about? totally. Um, so I came in and it's, it's funny, I guess uh, I'm probably the only med student you've had on here talk about like their weight, uh, coming into med school and then changing. <laughs> You're asking, but I, Bridget, I don't, uh, yeah, yeah. That's one of those questions I don't, I don't routinely ask, but if yeah, you spontaneously yeah. talk about it, go for it, man. So. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I came in, I came in at like 185, 190, uh, I was pretty healthy, pretty good shape. Like I, I had maintained taking care of myself pretty good, uh, during my pre-med years. Uh, I had a couple shoulder surgeries that, you know, kicked me back, but overall I was, I was still taking pretty good care of myself. And by the end of the first year of med school, I was like 165 pounds. Wow. Um, I just like withered away. Like I just wasn't taking care of myself as far as like my, uh, life with like family and stuff. My family's always kind of seen me dive into whatever it was. Mm-hmm. Um, and so for them, this wasn't anything new. Like they hadn't, there was, there was no like concern of, Oh, well he's, you know, not really taking care of himself. It's more just, well, he's got something in his sights that he wants to do. And this is kind of how he feels like he's going to accomplish it. So like it just, it is what it is. So I think for me, I, what I would do differently, definitely just on like the family side of things is I, I missed a ton of like family stuff, you know, whether it was, you know, little weekend vacations or just like going out to eat or, you know, hanging out on the weekend, kind of like just fun little stuff. Uh, I passed on a lot of that so that I could study and, uh, I would definitely go back and, and prioritize, you know, time with family a little bit better. Um, if I could go back and do it again. Okay. Third year rolls around, um, and you kind of mentioned at the beginning that, you know, it's it's kind of a pivot. You know, you go from more classroom-based to much more experiential learning, being in the clinics, the wards, the, the different hospitals. W- was that kind of an exciting transition for you to kind of get away from the classroom and kind of do more hands-on experiences? Oh, 100%. Yeah. No, this this is like, this is why I went to med school. Um seeing patients doing the work kind of like the the teamwork side of things you know figuring out how to work with all of the different staff in the hospital and kind of the patient and their family and like I was so excited to get out of that damn library and (laughs) get into the hospital and start um really you know doing what I came to med school to do what was your uh what was your least and most favorite rotation um, during your Ooh. abbreviated third year as it were. Yeah. So, um, I came to med school to be a surgeon. Um, it was never a matter for me, whether I was doing medicine or doing surgery. Uh, it was always just like, what kind of surgery am I going to do? Um, so I spent a ton of time before med school during my first and second years in the OR. Um, just getting to know surgeons and and like getting to a place where um, they like knew that I was going to be somebody that would like one day be their colleague so that they would kind of give me, you know, more learning opportunities than I would have otherwise had uh, as a third year med student. And so I loved my surgery rotation. Um, I did trauma surgery at the U and I had an absolute blast. I was pulling like hundred hour weeks and I just loved it. Um, I loved being, you know, at the hospital first thing in the morning and I loved leaving when it was dark. Like mm-hmm. I just, I loved the grind and, uh, I just, I had a blast. Um, but then I got on psychiatry and like something was just different and I like fought the, uh, Really interesting. Oh, yeah, so I'm I'm actually going into psychiatry. Oh, you spoiled um, it, Bridger. Oh, I know. Sorry, <laughs> sorry. Yeah, so I'm I'm actually going into psychiatry. Um, that's that's fascinating, Bridger. I want to learn more because, like, again, like if you loved surgery so much, what is it about psychiatry that changed your mind? I guess. Yeah. So 
Um, the, I guess it's, it's a really hard question to answer because I don't really know if I can like name one thing. Um, you know, I've got classmates that wanted to go into surgery and then they got on their surgery rotation and like they did the trauma surgery and they just hated it. Right. They hated the hours. They hated the work. They hated the people. They hated and it the was just, yeah, yeah, exactly. And they, they just, they just, they're like, Hey, I've got to find something else. Right. Where for me, um, my first two weeks on sorry, I guess it's three weeks. So it was three weeks and three weeks, um, after like before and after the holiday break for me. Um, so my first couple weeks on psychiatry, I was just like, man, like I really like this. Um, I've always been fascinated by like psychology and the mind and kind of how the mind affects, um, you know, everything else. And so like, I've, I've always studied psychology mm-hmm. and, and that kind of stuff, like on my own. And it's always been fascinating. And I, I've always thought uh, that it was the most like interesting field in medicine. Um, I just, I never considered it as a career because like I said, I mean, I, I came to med school to be a surgeon. Like I didn't even have, uh, you know, a crack in that door as far as like something else sneaking in and, you know, changing my, my plans. Um, but as I was on psychiatry, you know, I talked to a couple of the attendings, uh, about it. Um, and I just, I loved the specialty. I loved that my ability to communicate and connect with patients, like really made a difference, right? Like I'd, I'd had some experiences on, you know, medicine or surgery or, or, um, some of the other rotations where, you know, like the patient was being extra difficult and, you know, I was able to kind of go in there as the med student with a little bit more time than everybody else and really communicate with the patient and kind of connect with the patient and get a little piece of information that they weren't really going to give up because they didn't like us or didn't trust us or didn't want to be there. Or you're like, yeah, um, the team was in a hurry, but you had a little bit more time. I mean, this is beautiful, yeah, Bridger. I love it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I had had those experiences where like I was able to connect with somebody who nobody else could or did. And it like made a difference in the care. And I saw that everybody else was like, yeah, great. Good job. Like you talk to the patient. We don't really care. Just like, you know, like give us the information or, or this is going to kind of steer the course of like what we're trying to do. But where I, when I got on psychiatry um, and I was on child and adolescent and uh, we had a, he was 16, 17, 18, something like that. Um he was just really difficult, right? He was, he was, um, you know, we'd come in and he'd be swearing at us and yelling at us and kind of just angry and ornery all the time. And, uh, the attending is like, well, why don't you give it a shot? The kid obviously hates me. So, uh, <laughs> see what she can do. You know what I mean? And, and I, I was able to connect with him and I was able to kind of like help him take his guard down and just be like, look, man, like we're here to help. Uh, and all the things you're saying, like, you might think they're true and that's fine. Like you're not hurting our feelings here, but like you're here. So why don't you get something out of it? Like I was pretty direct and, um, just kind of approached it the way that I just naturally would, right? Like I I wasn't thinking from a textbook on, you know, how to say this so that they do this or anything like that. Like I kind of just like approached it in like a natural way for me. Mm -hmm. And, and we walked out and the attending was like, kid, you've got a gift. Like you're, you're pretty good at this. And, uh, your, your ability to do that will help you in whatever field you go into. Uh, but you've mentioned that psychiatry is interesting to you. Uh, if you, if you pursued that path, you could be uh, a pretty exceptional psychiatrist. If you, if you learned you know, all the things that you'd learned through that training on top of kind of just your natural ability to, you know, read people and communicate. And so over the holiday break, that kind of stuck in my mind um, of, you know, this, this might actually be something that I could do. Mm -hmm. Um, Like I kind of opened that door a little bit. And uh, I was talking to one of the attendings that I worked with and he says, just try it on. 
he says, try it on. He says, he says, go around for a couple of days. Like that's what you're going to do. You know, when people ask you, tell them that you're going into psychiatry, see how it feels, you know, see what they say, see how, you know, their reaction is and whether that bothers you or not. He says, cause that's, that's one thing that's different than going into plastic surgery. He says, you know, people ask, you know, what are you going into? And you say, oh, plastic surgery. And they're like, oh, wow. Ooh, you know, or you say psychiatry, they go, I thought you were in med school. I thought you were going to be a real doctor, you know, and they, and well, they pull that stuff. Welcome to the club, Bridger. I'm excited. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you there you great, go. Got, you got great insight, little nuggets. I love it. Yeah. yeah. And so it was, uh, it was actually really interesting. The first time somebody asked me, um, and I said, I think I'm going to do psychiatry. Like it just felt good to say like, that mm-hmm. sounds weird, but like, I, I like smiled as I said it right where before it was like, I don't know if I'm going to do plastics or ortho or trauma or peds. Uh, like I was always fighting, 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 fighting for the decision on what's the right call. Why do I want to do this? Why do I want to do that? You know, the patient population and the hours and the training and like it was always such a chaotic decision for me because I could see myself kind of doing well in all of them. But that was the first time that like I said, this is what I'm going to do. And like, I just felt really good about it. And after that, I was like, man, that advice to like try it on was gold. And so I I came back from the break and I was like, I think I'm doing psych. And so I, I was at the VA for my last three weeks and I just, I loved it. Like I, I totally threw myself in. I mean, I, I tried to do that all year, you know, kind of throw myself in of, you know, if I were actually in the specialty, uh, you know, there, if, if this is what I was going to be doing, you know, how would I act on this? Uh, because I guess I didn't really know, but I figured I'm here, I'm paying a ton of money to be here. I might as well dive into the experience head first and kind of get everything I can out of it. Um, but that was the first time that I was just like, this is, this is definitely what I'm going to do. And as much fun as I had on surgery and, and other, you know, rotations, I like every, every experience that I've had since making that decision has just confirmed that that's what I want to do. Bridger, I love it. It's a, just a beautiful story and it's so it just resonates with me. And I can just tell by the way you describe it, how it's, yeah, it sounds like a journey. And I always talk to the students about a journey um, you know, going from pre-med to med to like eventually a practicing physician. And it's just a kind of beautiful transformation that's uh, taken a hold of your life. And as you kind of figure this stuff out and in the midst of a, of a, of a COVID coronavirus pandemic, it's, it sounds <laughs> yeah. like you're in a good place. Um, yeah, with your decision. Definitely. And yeah, I, I guess the, I just have a couple, we're running out of time, Bridger. So I just a couple more questions. Um, sure. The first one is, uh, you know, you kind of talked about your weight and apparently you're well known for some type of exercise regimen. So can you talk (laughs) a little bit about that and just where that came from and what that entails? Yeah, sure. So, um, yeah, I guess I'm like the, the med school nut job. Like people look at me like I'm crazy. Um, but after I kind of let myself go, um, that first year I decided that like, I just wasn't going to let that happen again. Like I was going to be, you know, waking up at 4am hitting the gym before I had to be up, uh, you know, to the school, I was still going to be at the school by six. And so, uh, it was one of those things where with me living off campus, like I had to factor in like the commute time. So I just, I was waking up at 4am working out every day. And then I came across this, uh, it's not really like a workout program. Um, it's like a, almost like a mental toughness program that this guy came out with. And, uh, what it is, is it's, it's two workouts a day. Um, each have to be 45 minutes. One of them has to be done completely outside. Uh, you drink a gallon of water a day. You, um, take a five minute cold shower. You have to stick to a diet and you've got no cheat meals, no dessert, no sweets, no alcohol. Um, you read 10 pages of like, uh, personal development, business development type reading, like nonfiction. Um, and let's see what else. Oh, like 10 minutes of like, uh, you know, goal setting, meditation, visualization kind of stuff in the morning. 
Mm. Um, and it's, it's 75 days straight of, of that. And no so, days off, no weekends, just no, nothing. Yep, okay. exactly. Mm-hmm. And so when I came across this uh, program, I was like, when, when would be like the absolute worst time in my med school schedule in like the seasons, you know, being in Utah, you know, the winters are pretty rough outside. Um, and so what I did is I decided to do it during surgery, uh, peds, and then, uh, it tailed off in psychiatry. Uh, but that also happened to be over, um, Halloween, Thanksgiving, Christmas, New Year's. Um, uh, yeah, exactly. So, um, so that's what I did. Um, I, the first time I tried it, I got like 18 days in and then it was my 24 hour call on trauma surgery. And we were literally in the operating room, like all night. And, uh, usually I had been able to like, cause I had my first call while I was doing it and I did fine. Cause I just like ran around the hospital outside for 45 minutes. But that second time, um, I, I literally couldn't get out of the OR. Like I just didn't have any time. And so I failed my first attempt on day like 18. Um, and then I made it through the 75 days and then I, there's, there's different phases to the program. So I finished phase one, um, during my family medicine clerkship while I was down in Manti, um, which was also freezing cold. Um, it, it gets super cold down there. So I did that while I was on my rural family med rotation. And then I actually just barely over this last weekend failed, uh, phase two, I guess it's the third phase, but it's called phase two. Um, because I forgot that when I was out roofing this chicken coop that I just built in my backyard, uh, my water bottle rolled off and, uh, spilled and I did not remember to factor in the water. So I actually failed on day 21 of phase two. It was like, uh, I guess that would have been like my day, like one thirty something that I'd been doing this dang near straight. Uh, and I failed by 10 ounces of water. So I just had to start over uh, wow. three days ago. But even with the starting over, have you seen like a change either oh, like yeah. mentally or physically? Can, can, can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. Yeah, totally. So like the physical change has been like an awesome byproduct, honestly, but I, I think the program is 100% like a mental program. Um, there are so many takeaways for me just as far as like not negotiating like what you want. Like so many times before I would, I would want something, but I'd, I'd let things get in the way, right? Like that first year, uh, being a perfect example, right? Like I told myself, you know, everybody says, you know, you go to med school and, oh, wow, well, you're really going to have to work like crazy for the next four years and kind of sacrifice everything else. And that just seems to be the story that everybody tells themselves. Um, but I just, I just decided that I was going to challenge that story and I was going to do it during the worst possible time for my schedule just to prove that it could be done. And it's actually been kind of cool because a lot of, you know, people in the med school, like you said, it's kind of getting around. It's, it's funny that I'm talking about this on a med school podcast. Um, but it, it is kind of funny that it's gotten around and people have been like, wow, like, uh, you're able to do this during med school and not only during med school, but during like the worst possible time in med school. And I, I did it at that time. One, because I think for me, like the bigger the challenge, the more excited I am to kind of do it. But two, I really wanted to do it during that time so that when, you know, I've had several classmates and underclassmen and people kind of, you know, hit me up about the program and, and, you know, make their attempts at it. And, uh, one of them's finished it and the other one's on day like 20 something right now. And, you know, a bunch of them have kind of gotten a a few weeks in and failed and started over and and whatever, but it's been really, really cool to me to kind of just know that like, that's, that's the uh, impact I guess that I'm having on, on some of the students is that like, they look at me and they go, if he can do it, I can do it. And, And I love that. And so it's, it's been actually really fun to kind of, not only push just for myself, but on the days that I really don't want to do it and it's freezing cold outside and I didn't want to go do like a 45 minute outside workout when it's freezing and snowing on 
Christmas day, you know, um, it was like, well, if I don't, then that just kind of gives everybody a reason. Well, you know, on these kind of days, I don't have to do it. Yeah. And so I just kind of took all those options off the table and just, uh, it's, it's, it's actually been really fun to kind of get all the messages and stuff from different med students that are like, you know, I'm on day seven and it's awesome. And I'm starting to see some change and, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's just been kind of fun. That's beautiful. And I love it, Bridger. This is all, I don't know, just so great. Like how, you know, how far you've come in such a short amount of time. I guess, I guess the last question before we have to sign off Bridger can can you tell us the the Utah football tuxedo story? Because like that's kind of legendary in my mind. Oh my gosh! Yeah, so <laughs> I, I think that story has evolved. Okay, uh, it, it wasn't quite a tuxedo. Okay, uh, but it's it's funny. So yeah, I'll. Uh, man, I was not planning on telling this story. I think Sam probably put you up to this. He's he's <laughs> always trying to get me to tell this story. It's a good story. Um, yeah, gosh. Okay, so my very first day of football at the University of Utah was worse than anybody. Like, you could make a movie out of it, and people would be like, yeah, that had never happened. So I I meet with Coach Witt, and I'm wearing, uh, like, dress slacks, a shirt and tie. We're in his office, and we're kind of, like, finishing, like, the, you know, welcome to the team kind of deal. And uh, I was – because of the way that like my, my timeline worked out with different, you know, schools that I was talking to, I was like a week behind, uh, as far as like the recruiting curve, I guess. And so I'm in his office, I'm wearing the dress clothes, whatever. I'm wearing a pair of like Brown wingtip dress shoes. Uh, he goes, okay, we'll just go down to the weight room, tell the coach that you need your workout gear and hop in on the workout. And we'll just like get you rolling right now. So I said, all right. So I walked downstairs to the weight room. And you're, and you're, so Sunday dress, you're, you're, you're dressed yeah, in your nice yeah. clothes, right? Yeah. I yeah, look okay. like I'm ready to go to church. Okay. Um, I walk through the doors of the weight room and I'm like five minutes late. Um, and so everybody's like in their workout gear and like at the U you don't just show up in like gym clothes. You have to like wear like the, the, you know, outfit for the workout, you know? Uh, so I walk in and, and there's a little strength and conditioning coach. He's probably like five, eight. He's like balding and he's kind of chubby. And, uh, I walk over to him and I go, Hey, you know, I'm Bridger. You know, I was just up with coach Witt. He just told me to get the, uh, workout gear and jump in on the workout. And this guy just tears into me. If you're here for all the free crap, I mean, it just, just starts going off. Like I obviously can't repeat what he said, mm-hmm. uh, on the podcast, but he just starts tearing into me and I'm like, who in the heck is this guy? And like, what did I do to piss him off? So he goes, if you're going to get in on the workout, that's what you're wearing. He says, I'm not, I'm not walking away from the workout to get you workout gear. And I'm like, okay. So I just jump in line while they're doing like all their warmups and stuff. And lucky me, it happened to be leg day that day. And so I'm wearing wingtip dress shoes, freaking slacks, a shirt. And I took the tie off and put it in the, corner or whatever but we're doing like box jumps and squats and deadlifts and lunges and so of course we're doing box squat and i i drop down and like blow the back end of like my left pant leg out so i've got this huge hole in my pants you can see like my underwear and like i'm like what in the heck and everybody's looking at me like who is this kid like i haven't met a teammate yet Like nobody knows who I am. This is your first impression. This is my first impression. So I walk in, I'm doing this workout. My pants are blown out. I'm doing like box jumps and dress shoes. So I'm sliding all over the place. And everybody's looking at me like, who in the hell is this kid? And why is he here? So I'm like the most uncomfortable I've ever been in my entire life. So of course, everybody's like, nobody's talking to me. Nobody's like has wants anything to do with this weirdo that's working out in dress clothes. And so we go to the locker room and it's like, we're going out to practice. And, uh, it was a Monday and Mondays we do shells, which is basically just like a, a foam vest, um, instead of like actual shoulder pads. And so you just throw the foam vest on under your Jersey and then you're just wearing like, uh, shorts and your cleats. Well, nobody told me that. And, uh, they apparently didn't have like shells for me. And so they just put like my pads in my locker. And so 
I'm like, okay. So I just put on all my gear and the way that it worked is I was supposed to go to meetings, but I didn't know where my meeting was. And so I kind of just like sat in the locker room and I like put my stuff on. So I went out there and I got out there early and I'm the one kid out of 135 guys wearing shoulder pads. And so everybody else is just wearing like shorts and their, you know, little foam vest under their jersey. And I'm like suited and booted and I'm the only one. And everybody's like, who is this guy? Like people were literally thinking that it was like some kind of like, you know, somebody won a contest where they got to like hang out with the team for a day. And so they're like, what? Do you think it was like, like, almost like hazing did that go through your mind like they oh, do this to everyone yeah, or yeah or? it totally went through my mind i'm like okay. what in the heck is going on so i'm just like trying to blend in like i'm just trying to like hide behind everybody when like they're calling people out for drills i'm just like i am not getting anywhere near this field today and of course new guy somebody else my freak so i have to go out there and i'm on punt and I'm lined up against Bryce McCain, who played in the league for quite a few years after he finished up. Uh, but I'm, I'm, they, they line me up on punt team, and I'm like the kill man. So I'm, that means I'm like lined up out wide. And basically my job is get off the line, get past the defender, and basically like just fly down to the guy that catches the ball. So like I had done that, you know, all through high school, whatever. You know, like I go, I line up, and I'm, I'm lined up just like I always have. and they snap the ball and I go to do my little, I don't know, jab step swim move to get off the line that like worked every single time in high school. And I'm literally upside down before I even like realize what's going on. And he had like gotten under my pads and just like thrown me. And then I trying to like get up off the ground and he's just like, keeps like shoving me on the ground. Like I, I literally couldn't even get off the line in four yards down the field before I had gotten like pushed down like three or four times. And of course he starts talking crap. Welcome to college football, this and that, you know, and I'm just like, <laughs> Oh my gosh. And so wow. after that we get back in and like, nobody's talking to me. Everybody's like, who is this guy? And so I didn't know that they did like your laundry up there. You just like leave your stuff in your locker and they like wash it and put it back in there. So I'm like packing all my stuff into my gym bag so that I can like drive home and wash my clothes for like the next day of practice. And everybody else thought that I was just like quitting. They thought I was like literally packing my crap. Oh, wow. And so they're like, you're done. And I'm like, what do you mean? They're like, dude, they do the laundry here. Like, just leave it. I'm like, oh my gosh. So like after that day, I was just like, I, I literally had never had so much uncomfortability like tossed at me at once. Like it was it was by far the worst first day of anything I think anybody's like ever had. And so after that, I was just like, well, can't get any worse than this. That's a wonderful but, story, Bridger. Yeah. yeah. Did, well, so, and then looking back to like, did, they, did everyone just kind of laugh about it and you're kind oh, of totally. known for that? Yeah. Okay. No. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, I, I would say I was known for it. It was something that people would laugh about and kind of talk about because uh, you know, after, you know, putting in the work and kind of, always like after that day, I kind of committed to just be like, you know, first one there, that's last one to leave kind of okay. thing. Um, I, I kind of like, you know, grew on the team and like, I was actually somebody that like contributed and it was, it was funny to kind of laugh about it looking back of, you know, where I started to where I kind of ended up. And did coach Witt, he heard about this, right? I mean, or, well, I mean, he, 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 uh, he was the one that like called me out for, you know, getting out there on, on punt team. And like, obviously like you can't blend in when you're the only one wearing, you know, full pads and whatever. <laughs> so uh, did I, it make I'm him smile sure. at least, or who knows? Who oh knows? yeah. You know, honestly, I think it was one of those things where it's just like, all you can do is laugh. It's yeah. one of those, yeah. those situations where there's not really another option that makes any sense at that point. Well, Bridger, I, this has been fantastic. It's good talking to you. Um, and, you know, I'm just so happy with how far you've come and, you know, just hang in there, you know, stay safe and healthy during this time and we'll get the rotations going and soon. And I, I'm excited you're going to become a psychiatrist, man. That That's great. I'm, I'm really pumped for that. I'm really excited. Yeah, it'll be a lot of fun. And maybe Thank we'll, we'll for, have uh, you come back in a, in a few months and get, give a little update about, you know, I, I think it's also fascinating too, going through the, like the residency application process, especially yeah. with, you know, uh, COVID and everything going on. I, I think I would love to have your insight and take on things because it's going to probably look a little different. Um, so yeah. yeah, cool. 
Anytime, man. Let me know. All right. Thanks, Bridger. Okay. We'll talk to you later. See you. Thanks for listening to Talking Admissions and Med Student Life with Dr. Benjamin Chan, the ultimate resource to help you on your journey to and through medical school. A production of the Scope Health Sciences Radio, online at thescoperadio.com.